I'm Kat. And I'm Dee. And this is Injustice for All, where we focus on true crime, justice for children, the political system, and so much more. Okay, so now that we've got the election all taken care of... Thank God. Really. Let's move on to something that we touched on earlier. Yes, and it's very uh, passionate to both of us. Indeed. Yeah. And that would be the County Board of Supervisors. Yes. And there's only going to be a couple topics that we're going to discuss regarding them because we could really spend our entire life focused on everything. Correct. Regarding them. Correct. Because the County Board of Supervisors literally run the county. Everything. Really? Like what? Could you come up with a broader question? I mean, honestly, in every capacity of our county running, they have their hands in. So each county supervisor has a committee that they're in charge of. So let's say you have one county board supervisor that deals with homelessness, DCFS, um, minimum wage. I mean, they, they have... All of those things that just that one person kind of oversees, and then they bring it back to the board meeting, and they discuss it, and they vote on things and whatnot. Okay. Um, Well, doing some research, I discovered that we are the largest county in the nation. Correct. With well over 12 million people. Which is an increase from the last census, which, which we were at just under 10. Just last year. Right. Okay. So we're not technically losing a lot of people well, moving to different states. They are moving to other states. I mean, I know, I mean, at least a dozen people who have left, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just me one person. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is, is that people are feeling a lot more comfortable filling out the census because we are, in fact, a sanctuary city, county, mm-hmm. slash state. Right. So we are, I believe, now counting those who are not, in fact, citizens. Oh. And that's only that's only a fraction, I'm sure, because not everybody trusts the government right go figure people come here from other countries and they know well enough not to trust the government (laughs) (laughs) they didn't trust their own let alone come to the united states and trust ours um well i'm really curious because you brought up that they have their own uh categories that they focus on correct and and they're probably evenly divided correct no no Uh uh-uh Okay. Well, in reference to the one with regarding homelessness and the health care and... You mean everything that's failing in the county? Yeah. Her name is Sheila Cool. Correct. Oh, and this cool lady is also under investigation. Right. They Some... seized a lot of property from her home just a couple months back. Not even a couple. Not even a couple? Maybe a couple because it was the end of <laughs> September. Okay. 
It was like September 22nd or something. And I, I don't think it's quite been a couple. Okay. So with Sheila, cool. She also is in charge of DCFS. Yes. Department of Child and Family Services. Correct. And that is failing miserably. And has. And has. Do we know how long she's been in charge of that one? As far as I know, as long as she's been elected, which I believe was 2014. And get this, folks. How many terms do they serve? Three consecutive terms of four years. Unless they get voted out. Correct. 12 years with these people. Yep. So when we look at how many children are in the system for LA County, it is at least 29,000. A a minimum. And that was the last time we checked. That was a previous census. So 2022. I'm sure it's gone up, especially with COVID and everything else. COVID babies. Yeah. Um, So you have one person overseeing these huge, huge numbers. Yeah. And, and, and homelessness, that category, mm-hmm. healthcare, healthcare, that category, yeah. minimum wage. Should I mention again, it's everything that's failing in our County. <laughs> Good job, Sheila. Cool. I mean, so since we're talking about Sheila, We came across an article back in January of 2022 uh, wanting to have an assessment done on DCFS. It's kind of crazy that the County Board of Supervisors had a vote and it was three to two. Three to two. Like actually somebody would vote against having an assessment of DCFS, like the largest the largest in the nation foster system, the largest. Mm. Let's go ahead and vote against that because, you know, they're doing such a bang up job. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we can't even at this point, I don't even think we can count how many people have, uh, how many children. I mean, let's be honest, how many children have died under her watch? Yeah, that's heartbreaking. It is. And Antelope Valley, we know, alone has four. I mean, I don't know if you can count Gabriel because Gabriel was before 2014. But nothing changed. But nothing changed. Nothing changed. So we have these children who are going into a system that is not protecting them. No. And Quite then, the opposite. Then they, there's no money. Where is this money going? Well, that was their argument. We don't have the money for an assessment. Because well, they didn't want to bring an outsider in to assess it. What are they hiding? Because aren't they supposed to be transparent? Oh, um, I'm pretty sure that they are the most secretive agency, if it even is considered an agency. Not DCFS, but the Board of Supervisors. You can't find anything out except for what's posted on their website. Mm-hmm. Anything beyond that, you can't find anything. That's scary. It's horrifying. But you can find out so much about an individual person if you just wanted to sure. research Joe Schmo. Sure. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm pretty good at that actually. <laughs> but for, for things, if you wanted to do like an oversight on the County board of supervisors, it's, it's like doing it on the CIA. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. It's impossible. Unbelievable. So when all of these things were happening with DCFS and things would come back onto the board of supervisors, it was like crickets. Well, because these are five incredibly powerful women mm -hmm. who I really believe have like this power trip going on. I mean, except for the fact that they're all on the same page, correct? Define page. Well, they seem to all agree with one another. I mean, if it's a three to two vote, but well, oh, you mean they're all nonpartisan? Yeah. Oh, they they stated very clearly, very clearly that when they walk through that door, they are non partisan. Absolutely. And I'm sure politics never is brought in. Never is brought in, especially that picture we were able to pull up on the internet today where it was four blue dots, one red dot. Yeah. I'm not quite sure why that was important to have on there if they were nonpartisan. And not only that, but their political affiliation is usually listed with their name and everything else that they've done. So I'm not sure why that's important if it's nonpartisan also. Also, if you take into consideration measure A that was on the ballot, that was that was uh, basically let, firing the sheriff for no apparent reason except for they, they didn't butt get heads. Along. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> there was one person. Just one. Just one that was against it. Catherine Barger. Was... Was it me or was that the red seat? That was the red seat. It just kind of feels... But also, don't forget, she also voted for the assessment of DCFS. Stop it. Yes, and guess who voted against it? Is this a trick question? Nope. Do I get more than one guess? Nope. Was it Sheila? It was. That's amazing. So before we close out part one of the County Board of Supervisors segment, I just want to kind of drive home the fact that while they're supposed to be nonpartisan, the idea that they actually don't bring politics in is, I mean, that that's naive to think. And what bothers me is that the makeup of the county, the political makeup is yes. so mixed. Yes. I mean, when we were looking at I think her name was Hilda Solis, mm -hmm. which was one of them. Two of her counties, two of the three counties that she is county board of supervisor of was bright red. Yeah. How did that happen? I, I, I don't understand because clearly it's stating that she's a Democrat. I, I mean, it's on, it, it's on the web. It's on the Google. Yeah. So to have her controlling, a red count, not county, but district, I suppose, right. is kind of baffling because I don't see how those two could work together very well. Right. Like, does she really speak for her district? She doesn't speak for the district because if they're 
hardcore Republicans in that red area, she's not listening to them. No, she's doing what she wants. It's exactly. her agenda. And that's why I'm saying to, to say that they walk in there nonpartisan is, a lie. is naive. But here's something too, is Catherine Barger is for the Santa Clarita. Yes. Would that also include it's, Antelope Valley? I believe Lancaster. it's Santa Clarita, Antelope Valley, Simi Valley. It's kind of like like a valley conglomerate of things, I guess, that she's in charge of. Well, it's interesting because she is a Republican and she's representing what is now considered a purple district. Well, Santa Clarita was, at least at the time that she was elected... Republican? Republican. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was pretty strong red. And I think over the years, it's kind of gone more purple. Antelope Valley, I believe, is more purple. And Simi Valley, I think, is still shining pretty red. Okay. So at least it's a, a mix enough that she represents her district. It's really sad to think that they are run, even though they say they're nonpartisan, they're clearly not. And no. um, she's the only one that is red. That's a concern in the sense that there really should be a balance, funny enough, yeah, a balance even if the, the fifth one was purple. <laughs> I mean, for the love of God, couldn't we just get equal representation? You would think that's a given. Anyway. Right. It's like you said, um, it would just be nice if there was a nice balance, maybe two Republican, two Democrat, and maybe an independent in the middle or something. Yeah. I mean, just something where you know that the, the votes are more balanced. Either that or get rid of the Board of Supervisors right? and have it distributed through the 12 million people that live here in Los Angeles County. Do it the right way. Yeah. Have people decide that they want something on the ballot, mm -hmm. put something through to whether it's, you know, up, up in Sa Sacramento or what have you, get enough votes to get it on the ballot and then have the people vote on it. Just keep the Board of Supervisors off of, off of it. I, I don't know. I mean, there's got to be a better way than having five people with so much power. So much power. But what I was saying about Catherine is that I feel like she has done actually a good job in, in what she has tried to get passed or um, she she's not falling into the trip of, let's say, COVID. Right. I know she was a strong person to get these kids back in school. Right. Even not even really having to wear the mask as much. I mean, obviously, we had to follow the health guidelines and stuff, but she was wanting to push to open things back up again. Right. Um, I know she voted for this assessment, which she has gained a lot of my respect for that. Right. And I really hope that something comes out of it. But if you if you look at her votes, her votes kind of fall in line with what her district would want. Right. And also, you know, like we discussed in the the last podcast regarding Measure A. Right. Um she is absolutely right. It, why are five people able to make that decision on voting out a sheriff when any time that we've ever tried to do a recall election, it is the public 
that brings the votes to the ballot. Exactly. And that is why, you know, I had said, I can't believe that I'm actually agreeing with somebody on the County Board of Supervisors. Absolutely. But am I shocked that it was Catherine Barger? Not one bit. Not at all. Yeah. Because it seems to me that the only one that has any kind of sense, and I'm not saying it because she's Republican. I'm saying, I'm saying it because there are certain people that I believe should have power and certain people that shouldn't. And because they're using their power for uh, trying to at least use it for good. It's not even so much that, you know, it's always those that don't want the power that should have the power. You know, those are the kind of people that you want to run for positions of power because they won't abuse it. Mm -hmm. And there's certain people that all they want is the power. And those are the ones that you don't want in power because they will take it and they will run. So possibly the one that is, I don't know, under investigation. That would probably be that one would of probably, them. Because if you're doing stuff that is honest, trustworthy, morally correct, you wouldn't face these problems. No. No. And you know what? If you were doing everything above board, mm-hmm. then you'd be totally open to whatever investigations yeah, are bring, out there. Bring it on. This concludes part one of the County Board of Supervisors. Kat, would you like to explain what is coming up in part two? Sure. So part one, we just kind of breezed over who they are, what they do, what they don't do. Part two, we're going to go into a little more detail on DCFS, homelessness, and probably sprinkle in a little minimum wage on that. Just a little bit of minimum wage. Why not? I mean, is it really minimum wage at this point? (laughs) that's what they call it. That's what they call it. Um, And just because I like to get fired up, I'm going to really focus on certain things with DCFS and Los Angeles County and how horrible the system is because it's devastating to our children. Sad thing is, is you really don't have to do a deep dive to find it. You really don't. But I want to share what I found. All right. So that ends it for today. It does. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us this week. Come back next Monday for a brand new podcast. Make sure to check our Instagram at AJFA podcast and our Facebook group and justice for all the cat and D show. Bye.